So there was a discussion on Mason and Arlene yesterday that I had to weigh in on and text the guy, the people about because it was just it's it's such a huge divide in generations and it's something that I just I just can't get over. All right, so um, do you guys know what ellipses are? Yes. So like the dot dot dots when you text somebody. So uh, the crew yesterday was defending the use of ellipses, saying ellipses are fine, they don't do anything, but to me they connotate. Uh, hesitation, passive aggressiveness, and just unnecessarily ominous. And this is why I think it's just... Do you guys use ellipses all the time? I use them. Why? For those reasons. For me. <laughs> ex- ex- to build it's tension. Like, dun, dun, to dun. build suspense. Yes, because there's... To, to indicate that there's more on the way. <laughs> right. So that makes sense. But when people use it... So, Alan, yes, you just texted me. You use it a lot. You also use it a lot in your emails. You're like, hey, Em, dot, dot, dot. And then you go on with what you were trying to say with me. But I just always feel like I'm left off on this ominous note. So, Al, why do you use ellipses so often and everything? I'm aggressive. I'm aggressive. I'm looking for a problem. I'm looking for an issue. I want You're people mysterious. to know. I want people to know that uh, don't come at me. That's what all of those indicate for me. I don't really know why I use them, but I use them, and I, I'm with you. I kind of like using them. Yeah, Ant really will be like. Don't think about it very often. I don't either. I don't think about any of that stuff. It's like it's like boomers. My aunt will say, "Hey, M. Dot dot dot," and it's like, "Are you coming out home of, first? Out of curiosity, what do you consider a boomer? Uh, anybody older than I'm just kidding. Uh, I would say my parents' age are, are boomer esque. So but I guess you guys not. are. You know, my mom. That. My mom is a boomer. Your mom is. Yes, she. She was... is on the. She's in the the range of okay. being a baby boomer. Okay. My dad is a Gen Xer. He's a Gen Xer. But I will call them both boomers because they act like boomers. <laughs> I say anybody who doesn't know how to use technology or this rule of. Uh, talking that we all agree on you have a lot of like rules that that no one else is aware of this is not everyone is aware of these this rule i I literally just googled the ellipses rule i googled and i said why are ellipses and then it's it finishes the sentence for me says passive aggressive and this is the article it says why do why (laughs) it's not i didn't i was not aware of it but what Emily, you find ways to let things like that bother you, where I think a lot of other people don't. But I just overthink don't pay these attention things. To it. But don't the, pay the article to it says, why do old people love ellipses so much? When uh, used in casual conversations, ellipses connotate hesitation, confusion, and apathy. They're the most passive aggressive of all the punk- punctuation marks. I'll fight anybody. That's a lot of thought on ellipses. But if you got a text from someone and say, "Hey, M. Dot. Dot. Dot." And then didn't you get to have anything else there? What would you think is the reaction? I think somebody said hello to you. I would think that they're <laughs> going to send me something later. It's I, just, it's, I think a young weird. person, Emily, would be doing it passive aggressively, but an older person wouldn't be thinking about it like these guys are talking about. So somebody, somebody like me. I would me, figure your battery died, that you forgot what you were going to say, that it's really not that important. You your other text didn't go through. Yeah, it's fine. I wouldn't put it this way. I would not be like, what, 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 what's coming next? <laughs> that would not be my assumption. My <laughs> God. She's going to break up with me. I would not I would not call you like, hey, uh, you sent me this text and it had an ellipses on it and nothing ever came. Is everything okay? I'd be like, what yeah, if it was, uh, battery must have died. Hey, hey, Travis, dot, dot, dot. Give me a call, dot, dot, dot. What do you think about that text? I would probably call shoot that, him a call. I would call that person. I just give him a call. And it depends on who's it, who, who sent that text. Uh, Al sent the text. Who sent it? Alan. I would call Al. Maybe Amanda. not right away, but I would call him back. If it came from somebody, if if Scott McCarthy sent me that text, be like if Sam Pine sent me that text, I'd be like, oh, okay, that yeah, 
that's something that can't be communicated in text, that would make me feel a, a different way. Yeah. And Mace was also saying that he always uses double exclamation points, too. And I think that's also aggressive. Double exclamation points is a little bit aggressive. You think a lot about punctuation. I like it. I think Were you an English major? <laughs> no, I was a history major. But also, texts matter. <laughs> no, not really. You do. <laughs> no, not really. It's fine. It's just a way to say, hey, you know, we make sure you get some butter on the way. From Quick the way to communicate without talking to anybody. <laughs> Dodgers win again last night. They, uh, they're scoring a bunch of runs more often than they're not. Uh, there's a lot of good things. Their starting pitching is really good. Will Smith is off to a great start. Mookie's off to a nice start. But I got to tell you, Slee, and I haven't had a favorite Dodger for a minute because I, I'm a Dodger fan, obviously, but I was a Corey Seager guy. He was my favorite guy for three or four years. I just, he was out, the way he played, he swings the bat. Everything about him, I really enjoyed watching him. I thought he was really integral to the success that they have, duh. And when he left, it's like, okay, I love Kershaw, but there wasn't somebody that just kind of really, I was very, very excited just to see them do whatever it is that they were going to do next. I'm I'm kicking the tires. Sure. Well, I actually always kind of thought you had a favorite. I thought, um, and I'm going to assume now it's not that because you already mentioned his name. I always thought it was Will Smith. Will Smith's great. He's just a great player, though. But he's like, he's not. I he, feel, I feel like you, you do a good job of hyping him up because he doesn't get enough hype. He's the most important player that doesn't get the hype. Mookie mm-hmm. gets hype. Freddie got hype. Yeah. Trey Turner got hype. Sure. Kershaw gets hype. Like he's kind of the next tier down, and he's the best player on that next tier, and sometimes the best player full stop. But no, it's not him. It's James Altman. I, I that because here here's what the dude does. He he doesn't seem to quite know entirely what's going on, which is kind of endearing. Sure. He, he's really green and brand new, which is exciting because you don't know exactly what sort of player he's going to be. He's it's off like a to baller. a great start. Yep. He's playing really well. He's incredibly enthusiastic. He plays incredibly hard. There aren't a ton of expectations on him, so he's just kind of nice and free and easy. And every night you go out there, you see him make a nice catch. You see him steal a bag. You see he had two triples the other night. He's had a home run. Mm -hmm. He runs really well. There's just something very engaging and endearing about him. I love that they're playing him just about every single day. He is the guy that I'm considering declaring as my favorite player. I'm very, very excited to see what he's done so far. It's exciting, and this was part of the the reason why there was such a curiosity to this season. Are you going to get a chance to see some guys that you typically haven't got to see? Are you going to get an opportunity to see some guys that the Dodgers kind of had no choice? Let's let's give these guys some run. Let's see what they're all about. Let's give them an opportunity more rather than I'm going to play him once a week or I'm going to play him for two weeks and then I'm going to set him down and then bring him back up. Let these guys play. And it's not the big name that everyone's familiar with. It's not the all-star that everybody's familiar with. Um, there is an excitement about bringing people up through your own organization like nobody's business in the game of baseball. You've talked about you know, part of the case of making a case for the Dodgers has been, look, if you go look at the last five, seven, ten years, a lot of these players that are really good today came up through the Dodgers farm system. So if you name off five, six, seven players that might have a chance of coming up, there is a likelihood that a couple of those guys are going to hit. Mm-hmm. Outman just looks like a good baseball player. Um, he looks comfortable in a role that probably shouldn't be that comfortable when you're representing the Los Angeles Dodgers at this young of an age. Like, and I don't mean to—I don't want to put Miguel Vargas in a negative light at all because he's done a really nice job too, kind of jumping off this thing. But and this is just entirely personal, I guess. When you watch Vargas, 
He's good, but it doesn't seem like it's super fun, right? With Outman, you feel maybe there's a little bit of an element of something could go wrong because he's going a million miles an hour, because he's got that big swing, because he's playing such an important defensive position in center field. It just feels like you're kind of holding your breath when he goes to do his things. Vargas feels like he's been around forever, even though he's brand new. Vargas feels like he's been in the big league seven or eight years. Even though Alman feels like he's got the eyes the size of the pie mm. pans, mm. that he's not quite sure what's happening, but he's just kind of soaking in every moment. I love, love watching that guy do what he does. And hopefully he keeps playing well because the more, the if he can just kind of stay around 240 to 260 or whatever it is and play him every day, that's a huge opportunity. The next thing I need the Dodgers to do, Slee, is to stop messing around and just put Mookie Betts in right field. Did did were you? Oh, you were doing the Laker game last night. So but I saw it. I did saw you see it? Yeah. Hey, Jason Hayward is looks like an NBA player. Mm-hmm. He's huge. Yep. Right. He's really tall. He's incredibly fit and fast and and incredibly physical. Mookie's little. Kind of a little right. blue pit in between. Yep. So here goes Mookie, who weighs I don't know one seventy something, mm-hmm. and here comes Jason Hayward, who probably weighs two thirty something. Sure. They're coming at each other full speed. Mookie makes the catch. Hayward slides, cuts his legs out from underneath him, and Mookie falls down on the ground. He said he tweaked his ankle here a little bit. I don't understand what we're doing here. I don't understand why we're taking the best right fielder in baseball, which Mookie Betts is, and playing him somewhere else. I know Jason Hayward is a nice outfielder. Why not Jason Hayward in left, Mookie in right, Outman in center, figure out, you know, Vargas can play second. If you need to rotate Taylor or Trace Thompson or whoever in, you can move some of these pieces around. But I do not need Mookie to get killed by the right fielder at some point. That was that was an incredibly scary moment for the Dodgers last well, night. And he ended up, I think he ended a double a little bit later in the game, and you see him a little limp there. His get a little, a little limp off. there going to second. Um he said he's fine. He said that uh, you know, he'll be uh, he'll be all right. But this is on the Dodgers, but it was also Mookie Betts kind of pushing for it, wasn't it? Remember Mookie in spring training or I whatever mean, that's it was the only reason they're doing when it. he was basically like he'd like to play second base. And he's I good at it. I mean, this isn't a he can't play second thing. Yeah. It's a he's the best right fielder in baseball thing. Okay, let, let me ask you this then. Um, they've had their injuries. They lost Trey Turner. Gavin Lux goes down. You're kind of shifting the lineup around. If you're the Dodgers and Mookie Betts comes to you and says, guys, I want to play second. I'm going to play some second this year. I'll still be out in right field. I know I'm the best right fielder in the game of baseball. I want some opportunities to play second. Mm-hmm. Can you tell Mookie Betts, no, you are not playing second. I'm sorry. Case closed. You're only going to be sitting in right field. Can you do that? I think you can. I, I would put, I would phrase it a little differently than all that. I would mm-hmm. say, listen, you're too important to now us. Get out of here. Field, but we, we need you in right field. We can't. That We're worried about potential problems if you're in the infield we're worried about whatever it may be you're our best player what if they did all that and, and he Mookie still says said, he wants to do it guys don't don't mean second a little bit we'll see what we can do mm-hmm. we'll see what we can do if we and can it, find a way to do it occasionally but to sign off on 40 games right out of the shoot felt unnecessary. So, so the only reason why i set it up that way because doesn't it feel like that's what probably happened oh for sure i don't think the dodgers were going to mookie Betts and saying hey can i get you to play a little bit of second this year i don't think that was the case it was mookie probably pushing for it and i think it was a dodgers organization trying to um trying to uh uh make sure mookie Betts is kind of okay you want a little bit of that we're gonna get you a little bit of that I need my best outfielder in the best spot. It makes and sense. We'll figure it out from there. It makes sense. I'm not saying you're Jason wrong there. To steamroll him, <laughs> right? It was it was really scary. You could you could hear it in the guy's voices calling the game last night. You could see that. Oh, yeah. Okay, get up. 
get oh, up, yeah. and he didn't get up right. He's fine, right? He said it's no big deal, and it what it wasn't like where they crashed into each other like Ray Lewis and Ben Roethlisberger, but it was close enough to say, all right, hold on a second. What if that happened? What what if we get Mookie Betts hurt playing at a spot that's not his spot? I know he can. I, by the way, he's not bad at it. He's mm-hmm. pretty good at it. But he's he's not nearly as good of a second baseman as he is a right. He already has two outfield assists. The season's ten minutes old. Wasn't it one of the games he went out to right at the end of the game, towards the end out. of the game, and gets and gets the threw the uh, same guy out that he threw out a couple yep. of days earlier. And then Gratterall's like not good enough. Yeah, Gratterall had still a, give he's up a little a bit better last night. I'll tell you what else too. Jason Hayward hitting the way that he does. Mm-hmm. If that works out the way that it started out, and he's hitting three thirty or something like that, he's not going to be that. But if Jason Hayward can go from a guy that was basically just about done. To a guy that's a quality major league player at this point in his career, there's going to be a line of guys in spring training wanting to fill that role mm-hmm. moving forward. They've done it with Tyler Anderson. They're doing it with Noah Syndergaard. If they can do it with a position player, because this isn't like Muncie or Taylor or Turner, who they got relatively early in their careers. Like, no, no, this guy has not been given the right chance. Mm-hmm. Jason Hayward, this is his 14th year in the major leagues. Like, he's a major league player. But to resurrect that low guy, risk, if they high can, reward. If that hits, mm-hmm. there's going to be ten more every year. Hey, I'll play for a year on a low number. I'll try to make my career back somewhere else. I know it's early. I know it's literally the season just started. They look good. They they look good. I, I know they had these two games where they scored a run, a little feast or famine. Mm-hmm. But you go take the totals of everything. What their plus minus differential is as far as runs. Um, the four games that they've won, the amount of runs that they've put up, how their starting rotation has looked. Will Smith looks amazing right now. Um, they look they look good. This is very, very small sample size. They look good. They do. Their pitching has been excellent. They're, they're, I think they're the number one offensive team in baseball right now. I think they've scored the most runs. I, I, the Rockies kind of throw some of that stuff. But you're, you're right. They've looked good. Muncy's a problem. Taylor's a problem. And there are some other things going on there. But, yes, you're right. It's off to a very, very good start. Let's let Outman be Rookie of the Year. Let's keep Mookie in right field. Let's let Jason Hayward play left field and let everything else figure out. Right. Rockies are bad. Their two wins are against the Padres. Yeah. Padres are weird. That Machado thing was weird yesterday. They've looked very average over their first couple of games. I want to talk about Machado getting tossed yesterday. Plus, can we start to look at some Western Conference matchups right now? That's coming up. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more More than than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. 
Tennessee, Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets, but expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. I'm looking over your shoulder here, Slee. They've got uh, Dan Hurley on from UConn. They just shown some video of all the players streaming into the uh, arena mm-hmm. back at UConn, kind of having a little pep rally after they got it done. That San Diego State got that close to being able to do that. It's mm. crazy. Like they just won. They got beat. The, UConn was better than they were, but just that they were that close to it. I've seen all those pictures coming out of San Diego with people taking to the streets and throwing parties, people climbing over fences to get into Viejas, so close to a title. And look, it's San Diego State. Probably won't get a look like that ever again, but literally, what, what did they go? Like eight minutes where they couldn't get the ball in the basket? I know. I don't know. Longer than that. I think it was 10, 11 minutes. Um, couldn't get a field goal at least. It's it's interesting because I I think the program has over the last 10 15 years been a solid program. But look how many things you got to get to go your way to get there. Mm-hmm. They had Charleston in the first round. Virginia loses, now they have Furman. They did play Alabama. Alabama was a lot of youngsters and you kind of faced a really good team, but they're very inexperienced. You got Creighton in the Elite 8. You got FAU in the final four. Like you sometimes you had to win, you won two games by a total of two points. Elite eight and final four. Sometimes you just gotta get things to just go your way and it went their way. It's not the you know, listen, we know this, right? The brand of basketball is muddy the water, make it as ugly as ball, make it defensive. UConn kept making shots. Kept making shots. What I'm and hit free throws yeah. and we're good on defense. And they had a seven two guy that just sat in the middle and was just made everything really difficult. What the hope is is that this run will make some of those players, maybe dudes just out of San Diego, California, that are like, hey, I'll go play for that program, and now you got some real NBA talent. It's happened before, like Kawhi Leonard, Malachi Flynn. There's been players that are in the league today that came from San Diego State, but what State didn't have is I could go get you a bucket at any time. They didn't have one of those guys. so Yeah, but college basketball isn't those bunch of NBA guys. It's like you look at the two teams that are there. They're guys that have been around a while. Mm-hmm. Guys that have played, maybe not all on the same team, but guys that have been in college basketball for a long time. I you know, I can't wait till the next Final Four. That's about when I'll plug back in all over again. It well, feels it, what it, it, is. it is. It is kind of crazy, and you'll know this because when you talk about Santa Barbara getting to the World Series, yeah. the uh, College World Series, um, I'm sure for most people who are just casual fans, it's just okay, another tournament on all that. But damn, to have your team in it, it's every single day became important. Now yeah. you're watching what the other teams are doing. It was it was a cool run. So with your boy Machado, why is he getting ejected in the first inning of games? That's, did you see it? Did you I, actually see it? I did. Yeah, he. I, you know, I, what bothers me about that is, and he said it post game. He just basically said, "Look, I took myself out of a game. Yeah, I took myself out of the game in the first inning. Yeah. I'm glad he mentioned it." I guess he That's tried to everything. call. I guess he tried to call a timeout, uh-huh. and the whether the ump didn't see it, whatever the case, you got to be in the box by eight seconds left or something along those lines. Um, 
Yeah, not a good not a good moment for him. And and Padres gave up a lead yesterday that they had on Darvish's first night. Here's the sound of it, and I'll give you my thoughts on this after because the the getting kicked out of the whole game is one thing, but there is something else going on that I think we do need to keep our eye on. All right, so Machado get Machado's in the batter's box. He he says he requested time prior to the eight second kind of drop dead time. Yeah, the umpire says no, so he stepped out of the box. He assessed him a strike, strike three. He's out. It's the first inning of the game. Mm-hmm. You cannot get kicked out of a Absolutely. game in the first inning. Absolutely. That's just, that's just bad leadership. And the Padres are going to need somebody to kind of be the adult in the room. That's not what the adult in the room does. We'll come back to that in a second. Here's some – I love the pitch clock. Last night's Dodger game was going to come in at like two minutes and two hours and 12 minutes until the last inning got a little slower because okay. Pickford gave up some hits and stuff. But the clock is awesome. I'm not criticizing the clock. I like it. Too fast? No. The umpires need to have a little bit of grace with some of this stuff. If man, if the rule is you have to ask for timeout before eight seconds, and the guy asks at seven, give him the damn timeout, right? This isn't. This doesn't have to be black and white letter of the law stuff. And what you do is you grant him the timeout, and then you say to him, "Listen, man, you're past the line. Let's be a little more careful. And if it happens again, I'm not going to give it to you." That sounds reasonable. You don't have to dime the guy out in the first inning of a game if he needs if this is constantly happening and he's doing it over and over again then you bang because look i bet you it doesn't happen a whole lot i think that the message is probably learned but there does come a time where i don't want games to be decided because of 1.2 seconds we're half of a second behind when we're supposed to do it have a little common sense have a little grace have a little hey manny that was late i'm giving it to you but just so you know we're not doing that again and I think that Manny Machado has been in the big leagues a long time. He knows how to talk to umpires. He knows how not to talk to umpires. Mm-hmm. And he dropped, a, he called him a D-bag is why he got kicked out of the game. Is that, that It wasn't just that he was arguing. No, That's what yeah, he said. You can tell something was said. Yeah, yeah it, it's just, it's a bad look for him. It's a bad look for the Padres. But I do think the umpires need to be a little bit more flexible in how they enforce and in and, and both ways by the way if the pitcher is a little tardy or something if it's if, if it's close enough i think we can let it go for the most part until it becomes habit and then you got to start dropping the hammer again okay so this is going to be the question usually anytime there's rule changes they're a lot more they're a lot stronger in the beginning of it because they want you to learn so i'll use the nba as an example there was a time do you remember when a ball would go through the hoop the opposing team can't touch it. Even if the team, or the team that just scored, they can't even take the ball and throw it to the referee and say, hey, here's the ball. The ball's just sitting there. They'd call you for a delay a game. They did it a lot in the beginning. Ticky-tack fouls. You know, they, they would find ways to just, in the beginning of the season, this is what we're enforcing. We want you to know that. But as the season progressed, it got a little bit more lax. It wasn't like the world was going to end. I hope that's what happens in baseball, but the question I have with the, you know, the pitch clock and everything else, is it treated like a shot clock? Because if it's treated like a shot clock, there is no, hey guys, he just got the 24 second shot clock just tap. No, that's that's a they're looking at it to a T. I don't want that to be the case in Major League Baseball, but what happens if somebody enforces it that way, somebody else doesn't enforce it that way? It's a good point. There has to be one way of doing it. There does. There does need to be one way of doing it. There does need to be a a number. And I do think if we enforce it, to your point, aggressively early, that's fine. Somebody bought a ticket to the Padres yesterday. Man, Chata got kicked out in the first inning for no good reason. Oh, yeah. That, that that's bad for business it's bad and you you need to let people know give the pitcher a little grace i'm not saying if they're going over and over then you got we got to get back on track guys we're doing this but if manny machado needs a timeout at seven seconds instead of eight give it to him 
and then tell him, hey, listen, man, that was late. I can't give that to you every time. I'm giving you one, but let's go. Let's get so, back in there and let's do this Machado thing. didn't help himself, but I think Machado was exactly thinking what you're thinking. Are you really calling a strike yep. three right here in the first inning? Because I didn't have my hand. I should have had my hand up a half a second earlier. Um, he didn't help himself, but I, I would lean more towards let's let these guys play. Yeah. Mission accomplished. Yeah. If the goal was to speed up the game, you're speeding up the game. If the goal was to make the was was to make the game more exciting yeah. because it's fast paced, mission no accomplished. It, it, it's worked great. And like I said, I am not saying get rid of it. I love it. Back to the other issue. Okay. It's been have the Padres played six games too? They play six. Okay. Three and three. So the Padres have played six games. So I am not going to sit here and tell you that this is an example of something that's going to take place over the course of the next 156 games. Mm-hmm. The one question I have for the Padres isn't do they have enough good players? They do. Is do they have experience? Actually, they do from what they've been through. It's will they buckle under the expectations of what these what's what's expected of them this season? Will they have somebody in their clubhouse that knows how to navigate their way through this and help maybe some guys that don't have as much experience doing it? Manny Machado is the name that would come to mind. He's been in the big leagues a long time. He was that player for them last he's year. He's a multiple-time All-Star. Yep. He's really, really good, and he's their best player. Mm-hmm. They got other really good players, Soto, Mike, but... You need somebody to go, guys. We're gonna, we're, we're okay. If he's this tightly wound over a clock violation in yeah. game number six, it's like, what's it gonna be like when they lose five in a row in August and the Dodgers and Padres are neck and neck for a division title? The loser has to go into that wild card nonsense. If this kind of thing is setting you off, what happens then? I understand we got six months to go before we get there. But it's not a positive indication if you're a so, Padre fan. So first off, on the Padres, they have not played well. They haven't. They're three and three. We we're talking about um, the run differential. Dodgers are plus twenty five. Padres are minus three. Yeah, they played the same team, Rockies and Diamondbacks. It's the same exact setup that uh, the Dodgers have had so far. They got lucky winning a couple nights ago. They hit two back to back homers to win it. Hassan Kim hits the final one. They walk off. They they got lucky in that game. I'm not as you're not wrong what you're saying, but I've seen enough from Manny Machado the last couple of years. Whether you think that's the right leader to have, he's been a good leader for the Padres. I'm not saying over his entire career. I know his, you know, his Johnny time hustle. his time with the Dodgers. <laughs> um and if it's not him, the I think part of the part of the reason why they went out, I'm not telling you go like the contract. Uh but Xander Bogarts, he's a he's a They got lots of good players. But I think he's also a good it seems like Good clubhouse guy, came from a great franchise, won a couple World Series. He might be that guy that's a perfect balance, too, of a leader. I'm curious what it looks like when two months into the season, you're three games over 500. I agree. And it's just like, wait, this is not what we signed up for. Now, they may be 25 games over 500. It's like it's not a problem at all, but it the, the, the – expectation game will be a thing and so it might happen until the playoffs where game one of the nlds it's like yeah you're supposed to win we're in petco park Mm -hmm. you did win the division you did win your 102 games or whatever it is now go do it and now you lose the opener now what happens that's that that they haven't been then it could happen tomorrow they haven't been in that spot and that's what i think there is a curiosity of when they play the new york mets in that wild card three game set Mm mm-hmm it was in New York. Mm-hmm. Pressure was on the Mets, not the Padres. When they played the Dodgers, the pressure was on the Dodgers, not the Padres. Um, it, it is 
there are real expectations on the Padres, and we do not know what how this team will react to the to that pressure. Factor cap coming up next. It's Travis Lee, seven ten ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hey, guys. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> you, you beat me to it. ominous? I was <laughs> feel passive-aggressive over here? I was going to uh, give you an ellipsis in one of my answers, but now I can't. <laughs> Good job. All right. So one of your podcasts uh, is coming back for a new season uh, starting today. So this podcast is called Normal Gossip. And it's a podcast where people can send in anonymous morsels of gossip. And it's it's fun to listen to because... You know, you're not involved. Famous people or just No, randoms? it's not. It's just random people, but they're really interesting stories. Okay. So they're like random stories. And like, oh, wait, when you hear like some good gossip, you're like, oh, I'm going to listen in. And you have nothing to do with it. And it's great. So you would consider yourself a gossip. Travis, Patrick Cap. I think that's probably a fact. I, I like as I like a little dirt as much as the next guy. I like to know what the which way the wind is blowing, or or this person got in trouble with that person, or whatever it might be. Yeah, I, I think that's human nature, right? Like we all kind of yeah. want to know things that we're not supposed to know, or maybe things that hey, don't. The, the greatest way to get somebody to pay attention when you're saying, "Hey, don't tell anybody I said this," but right then all exactly. of a sudden your ears perk up it's like, like oh, this is between us right <laughs> right yeah. this is between you and me yeah i mean i'm not the one running around telling everybody everything but i like to hear it for sure all right al more cap for me on this one i'm i'm okay without the gossip i don't need uh now I, there is a little bit of like you throw that hook out if somebody does say um you know i want to tell you this but i just can't it's like gosh dang it don't set that up now well now i want to know what the hell's going on sure but I don't also see myself, you know, the moment I turn a corner saying gossiping to somebody else about somebody else. So cap for me. Uh, Taylor? Cap. I don't do it a lot. I grew up in a real small town, about 3,000 people, and they're notorious for gossip and <laughs> stuff gets around. So that got old really fast. Like but, what kind of gossip would go around? Like somebody was... Uh, affairs, you yeah, know, stuff like that. Yeah, okay, I um, dig that. Okay. I'd kind of like to bring it up that way. I mean, <laughs> yeah. might as well just give us more details. Kleptomaniacs. People stealing from each other, that kind of mm. thing. Yeah, I like um, these. Drug use. Eh, yeah. That's not cool. So, t- I mean, today I have like one friend back in that town, so I'll ask him what's going on, but that's pretty much it. And does he know, like, is he plugged into everything? Yeah, he's got everything. Yes, I like it. Yeah. Emily, you strike me as somebody that would be very much yeah. into hearing the, uh, re- spilling the tea, as Kelly likes to yeah, say. Yeah, no, I love uh, some gossip. I love juicy morsels. Most likely, I like it when I'm not involved with these people at all. Again, if it's if it's just an interesting story with people I have no idea just about. It's a random story, yeah. yeah. I, I like that a lot. I don't like, I don't like to talk poorly about other people that i have to interact with all, on all yeah, but that's all not time. really gossip that's exactly. that's being a bad guy yeah that's being mean <laughs> right. and i i tend to like just like to have you know oh did you know that so and so made out with so and so at this party that's right. always fun um but all of our answers are, i think are very on brand i, I could have told you us what we were going to say before we actually <laughs> said it but all right so i've been watching re-watching the show girls on hbo i know it's not everybody's cup of tea but i love the show and it's all about women in their in their 20s and it's a fictional show but it got me thinking if you had the chance you would go back and do your 20s all over again if you were given the chance alan that's crap fact definitely 
Definitely. I, I we, we I think we've a long time ago we talked, but we we I think we brought up something about what age would you want to be? If you go back to any age, what age would you want to be? Um doesn't have to be 20, but if I could go back just knowing what you know today, you know, we always had that conversation. I think it's fascinating. I, I I would take it in a heartbeat. Are we time traveling? Do I have my same brain? Or are we just doing it different? Uh, just doing it different. Yeah, I, I, that that's the thing that I think is so interesting because I would 100% want to do it again be, for, for no other reason than I've only known one thing almost my entire adult life, right? I've been in one relationship. I've been married once. I've had my family for the vast majority of my adult life, right? I just know that lane, and that's where it's been. To go to a different city, to have a different job, mm. to live a different type of life, yeah. to go and do all of those different things, to be single for a long period. Like I, I, don't, I have no idea what that's like. I'm thrilled with the way my life has turned out. I'm incredibly happy. But, but it's the intrigue of like, what if I've I did this? I've never done any of what those things. What if I things? did that? I've been yeah. in, in LA slash Southern California. For, I'm 51 years old. I've been here for 46 of Except those years. Except for Houston. Houston and a little bit of Phoenix. You can have the Houston part. Phoenix is okay. But yeah, I, w- I would absolutely like to go run it back. I also think about the time and your emotional state in your 20s. You have no idea what's going on. You have no idea what you want to do. You have so much in front of you, but everything's also weighing on you. Yeah. Everything's really big. You know so what that's else why is, I don't think about it. You really only responsible to yourself too which is which doesn't last very long that right. that doesn't last very long taylor uh i think fact yeah i i I'd, I'd want to redo it but i wouldn't do anything differently necessarily i would just you know do it re- again relive it yeah some good times <laughs> all right so for instance like one one particular <laughs> 20 story from taylor smith's 20s that you would like to run it back Oh man, I don't know if that's uh, going to be PG enough for. Yeah, it's, you for know, on air here. take some creative editing and, <laughs> and, and put it together. Oh, get, get back to me. Get okay, back to we'll me, come crap. back to you. Okay, all right. So there's a there's a sketch this weekend on SNL. Uh, it's kind of like one of their like video sketches that is making fun of documentaries, and one of them was it was about. Um, the f- <laughs> the fear of being a batch uh, a bridesmaid of like the the weight of being a bridesmaid that you have to do all these things you have to spend all this money you have a dress you never use again and so I I've only been a bridesmaid once and it was when I was a lot younger but you're okay if you never go to if you, if you're never a um, groomsman ever again Taylor factor cap uh cap I'd like to do it for some of my good friends that have yet to be married I think I'd enjoy that. You know, giving them a hard time. <laughs> Travis? I think women have it entirely different in this regard yeah, than men do. Like absolutely. Everything that you just said with the pressure that comes along with it, the servicing of the bride and making sure that all of her needs are met, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, everything that you have to rent the dress or buy the dress and all these things. Guys, you go and rent a tuxedo and you go get drunk a few times and then you stand there for an hour. There's really nothing to it. I, I've stood up at, I don't know, at least 10 different weddings, right? And it's always fun. And again, I'm a sucker for weddings, so I'm I'm a little bit biased in these things. But there's nothing to do. You just make sure can you get can I get you a beer? You show up at the parties, you mingle with the people, you tell a funny story at the party. That's really all you have to do as a guy. You don't have a ton of responsibilities. So yeah, I, I would love to all of my friends have kind of aged out of this stuff at this point. But yeah, hell yeah, I would love to do it. All right, Al. Um Definitely fact, I'm okay if I'm never a groomsman again. I think that was probably by like 30. Was in enough weddings, was a groomsman, was a best man. And it's kind of like, all right, that 
I know what that is. That was all good. I got no problem never being involved in that again. I, I think the wedding portion of it, it's not that there's a ton of pressure, I think, on our side of it, but there's also kind of the nice, I just got to go to the wedding. I don't really have to do anything else. So I'm good without having to do it again. All right. So this morning there was a article in the New York Times uh, called uh, "Let's Discuss." Oh, it's time to address the Emily in the room. So it's all about like how the, there's a rise of the name Emily in popular culture now because a lot more women that are named Emily are the ones that are writing things. It's more in the ether because in my generation it was a very very popular name starting like the '90s and throughout um, the early 2000s. But I was at this uh, burger joint the other day, and I was like, they asked for the name, and I was like, oh yeah, it's Emily. And then I got my like order, and on it it said it was spelled E M A L Y, and I was like, this is Emily. Yeah, essentially, which is like, I understand. Hey, Emily. <laughs> I understand, but like Emily is a very common name. It's yes. really in- it's weird weird to mess it up. So when someone misspells your name, it throws you off. Travis, fetch your cap. I don't think it's happened to me very often. There's not, there aren't a lot of alternate T-R-E. spellings. To my name, but E's, yeah, there'd have to be T R E V E S. Travis, yeah. that would be that'd be one way to yeah. do it. It doesn't, no, no, because look, so so often people aren't paying attention. They don't care. There could yeah. be they're operating in their it could second be a power or third move. language. It could Starbucks be a Starbucks order where you're just yeah it, moving it, along. Well, with the app, they, it's just it prints it. But right it would out. throw you off, right? It's like a little. Oh, okay. No, not real. I, I meh, not really. But I do want to say this: with you're saying, there's a lot of Emilys kind of in the the universe right yep. now. If you went to high school in California, in my neighborhood, from somewhere between the mid, the, the early to the end of the '80s, you were either named Michelle, Jennifer, or Heather. There are like 68 of those at my high school. All three of them. That's all there were: Michelle's, Jennifer's, Heather. So that you're having a moment with Emily does not surprise me. Alan? So it happens a lot. Um, I get a A-L-A-N. Um, I spell it A-L-L-E-N. I don't know if it's more common that way, this way. I have no idea. I don't really pay any attention to it. I will say that um, it's asked, and when you know you go to a coffee shop, something like that, um, hey, we're just going to get your order out. Uh, how do you spell Alan? And also A-L-L-E-N. But it doesn't, whether they need to ask me or they don't need to ask me, you spell it any way you want. As long as I know it's coming to me and it's my order, it doesn't What if matter. there's an ellipses on your cup? <laughs> then what? Then I give a- Throw the coffee in their face? I give a bigger tip. <laughs> I give a bigger tip. It's also especially interesting for me because my first name is so common and my last name is so uncommon that it's it throws me off with Emily, you know? So, but, Molly. <laughs> all right, Taylor? Uh, cap, no, it doesn't throw me off. I mean, I get- I get Tyler a lot. Uh, people will just spell that out or, or call me the wrong name, but I don't. Doesn't bother me that much. <laughs> Mace wanted to weigh in that his uh, first love was Emily Weber at I don't know how to say that high school. So is Emily Weber was his first love so in thanks, Toledo? I, I'm assuming <laughs> West Toledo High. Right. I don't know where he went, but that sounds about right. All right, one last one for you guys. He so, was east. Uh, the Cubs have been notorious for breaking up cup snakes. So for those who don't know what a cup snake is, it's when people have their empty beers and they stack them up on each other and they hold it up in the stands and it forms a really long snake. So they it's have- one at the uh, national championship game. Was Very yeah. impressive. Super fun. It's and a Aztec. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, to combat that, they have now introduced the uh, baseball bat uh, beer can so that you can just drink out of the baseball bat and it's- uh, people want to buy it, but less of those plastic cups of the same size. So cup snakes are harmless. Alan, fetter cap. 
fact, I, I, I always get confused when there's certain things, let's use as an example, and I don't know if it's still popular today, but you got like the beach ball at a game, right? This happen all the time in San Diego. They just get the beach ball going, everybody's hitting around. It's harmless. It really, truly is harmless. It's kind of fun for the crowd, everything else. I get, okay, if it gets on the field, now you got to stop play. What is wrong with having the um, uh, the snake. cup snake or whatever it's called? I don't see any problem with it. I think it's actually kind of funny. All of a sudden, you got other people engaged. It seems harmless to me. What is what is the objection? Why do they want? Because people that are not participating don't want drippy beer cups over their head. Is that and, the objection? And, you know that they're not throwing it in the trash. Yeah. they're keeping it together. That, that people will leave them all over the place. It's kind of harmless. I don't think it's a big deal. My my bigger problem is is with those baseball bat beers that they have at for the Cubs games at Wrigley Field. Okay, can we just agree that any sort of novelty drinking device is stupid and unnecessary? Where are you supposed to put that thing? When I want to eat a few peanuts, where am I supposed to put my baseball shat? Between your uh, legs. But you, no, it's too big. It'll be in the front of my face, right? Like it doesn't fit in the cup holder. It doesn't fit under your seat. There's nowhere to put it. It's the the barrel or the uh, knob of the bat looked like it was rounded. It's the least convenient thing in the world. Just give me a 16 ounce cup or a can and keep it moving. All right, tailing. Fact, yeah, I think it's harmless and and. It makes it easier for whoever's picking it up. I mean, all the all the beer cans or the already beer. stacks for you. Yeah, it's perfect. What do you need in life? I'm going with mommy high school. Mamea, Mamea. Mason's first love was Emily Weber at Ma- mommy, mommy, something like that. That is well, we a can hard ask one to say. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's getting triggered right now because we got his high school wrong. So apologies to uh, Emily Weber along the way. Got some good tweets coming up next. Plus, Western Conference playoff matchups not set, but you can see it from here. It's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, seven ten, ESPN. Lakers and Clippers tonight at Crypto.com Arena, and it's uh, meaningful. First meaningful game between these guys in quite some time. We'll get back to that in just one second. Uh, Where the Clippers, where the Lakers are going to land in the Western Conference playoff picture coming up in just one sec. I want to read this from Starfish and Coffee, who is a regular on the Travis Sleeve Show. Uh, The Dodgers have too many good outfielders. It makes me wonder why they kept Cody Bellinger around for so long. The best Dodger outfield is Peralta, Outman, and Betts. Trade someone. Um, they will. This is what they've done incredibly well, is that they have found areas where they can have a surplus of talent and trade it for things where they don't. This is what they're excellent at, whether it's in the minor leagues, whether it's at the major league level, whether it's at one particular position. They have Betts, Outman, Hayward, Trace, Taylor, and Peralta. They got six guys mm. that can play the outfield and all play it pretty well. There's only three places you can put those guys. They're going to flip somebody. They're going to flip somebody. We'll see how Miguel Rojas does it short. We'll see yeah. how Vargas does. Maybe mm-hmm. Altman kind of fade. Whatever it is, this is what they do. They have too much of one thing because they know somebody else is going to need it, and they can trade it for what they need. It's a good strategy, too, to kind of wait a little bit. I think you and I have talked about it. Can can we let this marinate a little bit? Can we give them a couple of months to see what they have? Maybe, Trav, in a couple of months, there's some players that they didn't think would be that but that productive. Some of these youngsters are like, this guy ain't going anywhere. Keeping this player, he's going to be an everyday part of the rotation. Maybe there's guys that just aren't you know, living up to their expectations. But let's that, that's, that's the one thing that I think the Dodgers not going crazy in the offseason. The, the Lux thing happens in the middle, right in the beginning of spring training. That obviously throws everything off. Give them a second. And if they're playing right now, runs scoring runs has not been an issue. 
I know you could say, well, there's two games they scored one run. I get that, but go look at the – it's going to average itself out. Scoring runs is not an issue. Their starting rotations looked really good. At some point, Tony Gonsolin's going to come back. Um, let's see where they are 30 days from now. Yeah, let's see where I, they I think are that's 60 right. days from now. I, th- that's the number that I think is really interesting because, look, let, let's say James Altman continues to be – I don't want to say that he looks like this where he's getting multiple triples in every game, but he looks like he's an everyday major league yeah. player. Okay. Jason Hayward continues to look like a guy that he was, which is a very dangerous – he can hit home runs, he plays high-level defense, he's a very useful player. Where it gets interesting all of a sudden, Mookie's going to be in the outfield every night or in the lineup every when, night. When he doesn't right. tell the Dodgers he wants to play second. <laughs> this means that there are limited opportunities for Trace Thompson. This means mm. there are limited opportunities for Peralta. That this is where – like if you're one of those two guys, you're looking at the landscape saying this could – Taylor's not going anywhere because he plays the infield too, right? So he's 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 good. He's not going anywhere. But Peralta and Thompson in that extra little outfield spot, if Outman really locks one down and Jason Hayward looks like the player that he's looked in his career, there's that's two guys for one spot, right? They're going to have that fifth outfielder. You don't necessarily – if you need a shortstop, you need a bullpen guy, a back – this is where it gets good. You're looking around, and especially Peralta and Trace have been around the big leagues a long time. They know that that numbers game gets really super narrow if the younger player is playing at a high level. And what could happen, too, is in 30 and 60 days, guys that got off to a hot start yep. are not playing good. And that 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 could kind of play itself out as well. Trace hitting three home runs helps. That's good. That's just a nice way to kind of give yourself a little breathing room. Just kind of, Was it eight RBIs? Was it eight RBIs? Sounds right. Somewhere? Sounds right. Three home runs in one night's pretty good. I, I always remind anytime a Dodger starts stacking up like a bunch of hits in one game, especially extra base hits. Sean Green had four home runs and a double in a game. I want to say for the Dodgers a few Jeez. years ago, like it was some crazy. I think he drove in nine or ten runs, had like sixteen or seventeen total bases. It's not a bad deal. Not a bad deal. All right. Lakers and Clippers tonight at yeah. Crypto. Lakers win. I'm looking at this on the screen right now. If the Lakers win tonight, they're by the end of the night, they'll be in the fifth hole. That's, yes. that's where they will be. Tiebreaker on the Warriors. Tiebreaker on the Warriors. Gain, gain one game on the Clippers. Jump ahead of the Clippers right now. That's a pretty good spot to be. Let's put aside for the mm-hmm. fact that that would put them in the first round against the Phoenix Suns, which, whatever. If that's what it is, that's what it is. I agree with you. Yeah. And by the way, post game, this came up as a conversation. A lot of Laker fans were like, okay. Okay, what are you going to do? What, what are you going to try to? No, no, no. Let's lose this game so then we could fall there. If the cards fall there, then wouldn't you say it's better to face the Phoenix Suns early on? If hypothetically speaking, if they get to the Western Conference Finals, that means they had more time to play with each other. That means they're figuring some stuff out. It's not like KD's been there for two years. He hasn't. If it happens to be the Suns, okay, not a perfect scenario, but let's see what happens. Yeah, I, I don't know if it makes much of a difference. Yes, if they play them in the conference finals, it means that they're playing well, but so so are you, right? If the Lakers get to the Western, okay, yeah, you're playing well. Yeah, so are we. We didn't get a bye into the Western Conference Finals. I think that that's one part of it. The other part of it is, do you play these guys tonight because of that, because you want to send a message, air quote, because you need to beat them to just kind of get that monkey off your back? Or, look, we're in the play-in. We're going to have to – we're going to have an opportunity to play a series. Do not risk LeBron's health. Do not risk Anthony Davis's health. We'll see what happens with D'Angelo Russell, who's been in and out of the lineup as well. Because it's the second night of a back-to-back at the end of a very long five-game road trip – do you just kind of say, listen, if we can win, great, we'll find, but we are not going to even remotely p- 
push this even 1% to try to make the statement that we're talking about? I don't think tonight is a statement game. I don't either. Let me tell you what a statement game is. Statement game is Paul George is there. Um, the Lakers are – this game could be the difference of from – a, from a what's most important for tonight, what's most important for me tonight is the standings less than the Clippers. Yes. If they were not playing the Clippers – and they're playing pick any team you want in the NBA, I would still tell you that it's more important because they have an opportunity to get one week off. I want the five, six days off. That's the only thing I'm paying attention to. If they beat the Clippers tonight, what that means is your chances of resting on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and at the earliest playing on Saturday is beneficial to the Lakers. So why don't they play? Why wouldn't you expect both AD and LeBron to play? So if they play and they win this game, then they get that rest. So the conversation was not about those guys playing. People are trying to make it play them because it's the Clippers. My point is that it's not about the Clippers. It's about Anthony Davis, LeBron. If they play tonight, that tells you that those two players are healthy enough to play. If they don't play tonight, then it's simply saying, guys, there's just enough risk there that we don't want to take that risk. They Anthony Davis played back-to-back games once this season. It was back in November. Okay, November was a long time ago. He's played in one back-to-back. The, there was an incredibly important back-to-back, what, 10 days ago in in uh, Houston? Yeah, they beat the Pelicans, blew uh, yeah, them out, and, and then and, Houston. And he didn't play in that one, and that's when you were still, are you even going to get in or not? And they opted not to do it. I think that all indications are he will not play tonight just because he doesn't play in back-to-backs. LeBron, I don't know, but I kind of come at it like this. If you're not going to play AD, or even flip it the other way, it doesn't matter. If one's not going to play, I'm not playing the other one. I understand what you're talking about with the rest, I understand, and it's it's important, it's fine, but I think their health is because tonight's the last one. After this, you're going to get, worst case, you're going to play every other day. Yep. Right. You're going to have some time. You're going to have the time that hopefully you need. It would be nice to have the four days off like you're talking about, but not at the expense of maybe not having them at all. Hypothetically, just what you said, and we could do this, you know, coming back. Let's say they give AD the complete green light, but LeBron's not playing. LeBron is, hey, a little bit of soreness here. I'm going to wait till Friday. I play AD. If, 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 if they give AD the complete green light, hey, you're good. Go ahead. Do what you got to do. Even if Braun is night there or uh, even if Braun is night there or flip it the opposite way, I'd play. If if they get the green light, I think they should play. And then, of course, there's D'Angelo Russell. Does he play? Does he not play? And he's been out of the lineup a lot, and we've really kind of not spent nearly as much time on that. That's next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.